Are you afraid to travel outside your comfort zone? This show discusses how to begin your travel experience, overcoming the fear of taking the first step, and suggestions of ways to travel to get you more comfortable with traveling and making you a better person. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Travel Advice Show. Thank you for listening all around the world. And we've had over 140 countries um, listen to our show. So thank you all around the world. And it's so great to hear, uh, you know, from so many regions around the world. And we love to give you some great travel advice every show. And I'm Chris Newton, one of the co-hosts. And I'd like to introduce my other co-host, Jerry Fuller. How are you doing, Jerry? Fantastic. And I'm very excited about our show today. Yeah. Because yeah. we've gotten quite a lot of emails um, asking several questions, and we thought we'd just put them all in one show, Yeah, at least yeah. many of them. And um, I know we've had shows before on how you and I travel, how we select the destinations we go to. But this time, uh, we're going to talk about uh, other topics uh, that we've had requests about, such as how does travel change your life? And Chris, um, do you think travel has changed your life since you first started? Oh, oh yes, without a doubt. You know, it, it really, um, I started kind of traveling pretty heavily when I was like 21 or so, and it opened my eyes up to the whole world. And um, I, I just, it really did change me. It got me kind of out of my my, my zone, you know, like your, your uh your normal behavior or your your, your normal uh, day in your wherever you live, and uh, it really opened up my eyes. I mean, I, I'm sure for you, Jerry. I mean, you've been traveling your whole life too, and and, and oh, you, I tell you, yeah. Um, I traveled. Um, I really started traveling by myself when I was 17. 17. Okay. But when I was 18, I really went. I definitely did. And um, mm-hmm. I know um, my personal opinion is, well, I had uh, four years of French in high school. Oh, no. And um, when I went to Paris my first time on my own when I was about 18, I think I learned more French in one day in Paris than I did four years <laughs> of French. Your whole high school, yeah. Because it's yeah. amazing yeah. how just being there and hearing it yeah. and trying to understand what they're saying, you start to think differently as far as the uh, French went. Yeah. And got a different rhythm and everything like that. But yeah, I've been traveling um, basically on my own 40 years of my life. For the 32 years of marriage, most of that, uh, I traveled by myself because my wife didn't travel the same way and rather than fighting and carrying on, we just traveled separately most of the time. Right. And I, I find that, um, well, let me give you an example. Okay. I think you're um, being um, biased and prejudiced about people, about cultures, change totally. My best friend is from uh, Iran, and he told me one time, he said, Gerald, you are the least biased 
prejudiced person I've ever met in my life. And I was kind of stunned because you, well, as you travel and you get to know different peoples and cultures, right, and, uh, right. almost every country in the world, and some of them many times, then the England 92 times, for example, and I'm going for my 32nd time to China next month, um, you start to realize that people really are the same the world over. Yeah. They love life, yeah. their families, they have great sense of humor. Right. They really do enjoy life. It's just politicians, I think, that need to get over the bias. And as a result, uh, he did, made that comment, and I was really quite stunned because I don't judge anyone according to anything. Right. Unless they're dishonest and try mm -hmm. to cheat you and all of that. Yeah. But I find that um, your diversity and your prejudices and discrimination changes tremendously. And another thing that I changed, and Chris, maybe you've had the same thing, mm -hmm. um, I go to countries where they're having revolutions and civil wars and fighting and all kinds of things. I've been shot up with machine guns and all kinds of things. <laughs> and I find that I don't pay much attention to the news anymore. I mean, I, I mean, here I go to Chad, and they're in the middle of a major civil war. They've already killed two million people. And I, I mentioned on another show that when we went into uh, the immigrations when we landed, they looked at our visa, my friend and my visa, and they said, "Tourists, no one comes to Chad for tourists." <laughs> You're the only and the one. hotel yeah. said the same thing. It turns out we were the only two tourists in the entire country of Chad. Oh, my God! Nobody was, nobody was going there. But do you know we were safer there than we were in downtown Ogden, Utah, where I live? Right. At midnight? I mean, we were walking the streets at 1 o'clock in the morning, perfectly safe. Wow. Went out man. into the country and all over the place. So I, um, I found that I don't listen to the news too much anymore. Yeah. Now, if they've had a, a major tsunami or... Uh, earthquake or something like that, where everything's electricity, water, nothing is working, I may have second thoughts going only because I won't be able to do what I want to do because of those, but not because of politics. And um, it's interesting to know about, um, you really learn the truth about the news. Um, I've been in many countries where even my mother would call me and say, oh, Gerald, the night before, Gerald, please don't go. Please, please, please don't go. You'll be killed. And I said, oh, mother, for the love of Pete. <laughs> and um, right. get back alive. Yeah, 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 Jerry, I had the same thing. Like, my mom's the same way, kind of, and other family members, you know, they're like, I, I, I try to convince them maybe to go to, like, South America or somewhere more unique than Europe or something, and they go, oh, I, I can't go, I can't go there, you know, I can, and it's all based upon what they've heard on the news, you know, on the on TV or on the newspaper or whatever. And, yeah, uh, the, the news has a tendency um, to only report the political part. Now, yes, some, yeah. I was in Guatemala one time and woke up from my hotel room with a boom and uh, looked out the window and hear tanks going down, killing oh. people. Wow. And I was in wow. Antananarivo in Madagascar one time, and the same thing happened. And so I just went down to breakfast, and they said uh, they <laughs> were nice about it. They just, both places and others similar. And they'll say, well, we recommend that you don't go outside right now. <laughs> they weren't panicking or anything. And uh, I said, okay. And so my uh, guide um, called and said, you know, we'll, we'll call you when the 
but we think it'll be okay for you to get out and start touring. But I don't worry about stuff like that. Yeah, well, I know some people would, and I hope people from our discussion yeah. on this show say, well, I think I'll just go right now into um, Damascus right. or to Aleppo or somewhere right this minute. And uh, that's not too wise. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't go to Aleppo right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number one, I imagine the hotels are all bombed out. And I know rebels all over the place. Right. So you wouldn't be able to do what you want. And you could get bombed. But you can be killed. I mean, we have a highway here called Interstate 15 that runs north and south in Utah, which literally is the lifeblood of the whole state. Yeah. But... Um, I'm say I feel much safer in many of these countries than I do driving down to Salt Lake, which is about 25 minutes south. And uh, you could be, I would be killed in Chad than I would on I-15. It's more yeah. exciting. <laughs> it's better to put on your tombstone than these eat. Just something weird. Right, right. And, 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 and uh, yeah, and you just went uh, to. So yeah. I, at least if you're going to go someplace that is rather questionable like that. Mm-hmm. Um, really do some research and talk to the embassy and talk to your tour operator. And I've mentioned before on another show that if the tour operators tell me, do not go, then I won't go. Yeah, yeah. But they say, it's okay. I mean, I've been to Iran three times since the, um, you know, all the situations have occurred in the last four or five years, oh, right. where everyone thinks that you're going to be killed immediately. Yeah. I mean, good heavens, your driver and guy drive you all over the place and do anything you want. See military every now and then. But, I mean, actually, uh, in Tehran, I can honestly say, and I've been there three times since um, the situation has in- increased, mm-hmm. and I can honestly say I have never seen a military personnel or a military vehicle in Tehran, mm-hmm. never. Mm-hmm. And people walking around like normal. And so I would definitely uh, consider um, going anyway if the tour operator says you can go and the embassy says uh, you can use your visa and get in. But one thing I find out about um, how tra- travel changes your life, um, it really does. It changes your personality. Um, I'm much more relaxed and I... Um, find myself a lot happier because mm-hmm. I understand more about the culture, the people, and the foods, and their customs. And um, when I watch these pictures, for example, of Syria on the news, which I don't watch often, yeah. because I find the news very depressing, yeah. and some things I can do little about or nothing, that uh, I understand, you know, these people just want to get on with their lives. And so it makes me happier, though, to understand that these people, I can relate to them better. Mm-hmm. And it makes me happier. Because as my friend said, that um, I don't have any prejudices and biases and discrimination on anybody. That um, he says, you're more relaxed. And I said, yeah, I think so. And uh, the, what, the major thing I think about travel, not only does it change your life forever, but it definitely gets you into a different comfort zone. Don't you think, Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah. It gets you um, kind of, you know, also, yeah, I think it kind of makes you want to do more research and want you to maybe even dive into it even more. You know, you kind of get that first taste of it, and then it's almost like being addicted to it, you know, being like you kind of get uh, caught up when when you start traveling. Yeah, you you start to... Yeah, 
and, and then and, you, you kind of want to break that boundary a bit of, of your daily comfort zone kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. for example, uh, mm-hmm. my, my best friend, um, his wife, um, does not like to travel. That's why she's glad he goes with me because he loves it. Since my wife died, we take 95% of our trips together because right. he loves it and he's great to travel with. But um, when uh, every year I take her somewhere with him because I want to say thank you for letting him come with me. And we started out with going to San Francisco, which is a very um, safe place to begin your travel experiences if you've never been anywhere. And she loved it. And the next year I took her to New York mm-hmm. City, which sometimes it may not be a safe place, like getting uh, mugged or have your wallet stolen. But it is pretty safe. As long, well, safe if you just be cautious. But um, then I took her to D.C. the next year, and then I took her to Tucson the next year. And then I, which is very safe, going after Tombstone and Convertible and Hot Air Ballooning and all this. Mm-hmm. And I took him, took her up to um, Jackson, Wyoming, the first trip she ever did an adventure thing. And I insisted that she go on that whitewater rafting down the Snake River. Well, she was terrified. She fought me for about two months. <laughs> really? I can't do it. I won't do it. I just won't. I'll die. Well, I find, uh, after talking to her, we got her into that boat. And um, I tell you, within 15 minutes, the woman was laughing and smiling, hanging on for dear life because it's category three, three, three and a half maybe, which is not too much. It's, it's a nice little ride. And since I whitewater kayak four, four and a half, and five, it's kind of boring. Right. But, you know, it's kind of fun to watch her. And uh, we got through it, and she said, that's the greatest thing I've done my entire life. And an hour before it, well, a couple of hours before that, she was terrified, said, I can't do it, I can't, I can't. And it changed her life. Then we were in Tucson and uh, did the Hot Air And she said, this is the second most exciting thing I've ever done in my life. And, um, and you know, Hot Air Balloonie is fabulous, but it's not scary or anything like that. I mean, you can bounce on the ground when you land a bit, and it can blow up maybe, and you can fall and be killed. But that's <laughs> so, 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 so rare. Right. I've done over a Hot Air Balloonie all over the world and find it very good. Yeah. So her life is changing. She now understands better why um, her husband and I uh, go to these weird places. Mm-hmm. And she accepts it better without being as panicky. So not only does it um, uh, get you out of your comfort zone. I mean, there's nothing like going uh, like to Vietnam and seeing a bottle of snake wine, which is rice wine, with a cobra curled up inside that's hooded. <laughs> You leave it a scorpion or something in its mouth, looking at you inside this wine, and then they expect people to drink it, which they do. <laughs> but I mean, that that definitely gets you out of a comfort zone. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, walking yeah. through the local markets of the world and seeing the things that they eat and the smells, and live snakes that they sell, and all kinds of things. No mm-hmm. candies and things with like cockroaches and bees and stuff in them. Right. I think they're wonderful. Yeah, I, and um, yeah. I've tried a lot of it, knowing I'm going to get sick as a horse, and um, only have once in a while, maybe three or four times. But I drink my Coca-Cola <laughs> at least one a day at noon, and uh, it seems to kill everything on demand. <laughs> All but the bacteria and everything. Since I started that practice about 
40 years ago. Yeah. And um, but I think um, it's critical that people uh, travel and get outside their normal comfort, comfort zone, do things that you normally wouldn't do. Yeah, I, I know I, um, my yeah. friend uh-huh. was terrified of water. And uh, we were going to the Caribbean, to four different islands he had never been. And we went to four different islands to get a different variety of cultures and, and experiences. And I forced him to learn how to snorkel. But he was mortified, mortified. He, he's terrified of water. But I made him do it. And, you know, you couldn't get him out of the uh, water. He's snorkeling over the coral and fish and things. And you couldn't get him out. He fell in love with it, and it totally changed his life. Yeah. After the, that time of actually doing it other than in the swimming pool at three feet of depth, where he could always put his feet down if he panicked. I mean, you couldn't get him out of the thing. Same thing with white, um, sea kayaking. He said, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. And I taught him in the local lake where if he fell out, he could still stand up. It's really right there on the, you know, on the beach practically. And I was standing in the water holding it steady. <laughs> and he got, um, and now he sees kayaks all over the world, and you have to yell at him to slow down <laughs> because you don't want him too much. Well, you want to be with somebody when you see kayak in case something does happen. So, yeah, it's amazing how you become a different person. And he's much more relaxed now. And he's much more willing to experience things that he's never done before. And... Um, I also find that um, a lot of people are terrified. We get questions on being scared to go somewhere. And um, even me, after all these years of traveling, oh my word, 55 years of traveling, most of it by myself, uh, I still get a little worried uh, on some of the trips. Not really worried, but I do have a slight fear or anxiousness before I go because you just don't know. And because I've flown more than 26 million commercial air miles. And on airlines, um, we won't talk about the engines catching on fire or crashing into a palm tree. We won't talk about those things, which can happen anywhere in the world. But uh, maybe not the palm tree part, but you can bounce around sometimes. And um, I find I do get a little anxious because there's some places that I like to go to, as I mentioned, that can be kind of spooky. And, but I don't worry about it. I just get on that plane and say, oh, yeah, another great experience. And um, so if you have a fear of going somewhere and it's not really founded on, like, there's an earthquake there and no electricity or no roads or they've been flooded out or something, uh, but uh, just go. Just go. And you come back, no fear whatsoever anymore, I find. In fact, you come back ecstatic and definitely a changed person even for the... Um, better yeah I, I like i like the idea of too like gradually kind of work into it when you have your fear like you know go to a, a safer town initially you know and then grad like after a year or two and then you know what i mean it sounds like a lot of your friends and, and your experiences in my mind too now i i i went to europe a lot i lived in europe for a couple of years traveled all around and now i kind of want to venture out into more you know, in Africa or mid, the Middle East or Asia or South America, you know, kind of more outside my comfort zone even, too, now, you know. Um, well, I know when you went to China, yeah. it your life, didn't it? It, it really did. It, it did. It, it uh, I saw, yeah, it wasn't Europe. It was very different. And 
Um, we had a, you know, that was the first time I ever went to the rest, the bathroom, uh, <laughs> you know, without a toilet or anything, right in a hole. You know, that was know. <laughs> that was really cool, and uh, and and just yeah, seeing all the people in the big. We were in the countryside too, and the city. So I, I think when you go to another place, like most of the airports are in urban areas, but I would recommend uh, to spend a little time in the urban, but also in the rural area. I know that. Like that's a totally different country, almost, or a whole right. whole different vibe. Uh, I mean, just like your home, I guess, if you live in an urban and then the rural. But I, I always try to get both, you know, or a couple of different areas wherever you're in in a close vicinity, kind of thing. But yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, and um, I recommend um, if you're terrified to even travel, as I mentioned with uh, my friend with his wife, we went to San Francisco the first time. Yeah. And that's almost like a foreign country in many ways. Yeah. Uh, parts of the city speak English. And it's cosmopolitan. Much of it speaks Chinese and other languages. Yeah. And um, you know, a wide variety of food and music and smells and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a very good city to begin. And it's a walking city and it's a re- relatively small city. Yeah. You can walk yeah. everywhere if you wanted. Pretty much. Rare exceptions. And, um, yeah. It's, it's a, a great good place weekend. To start. Mm-hmm. To, and I agree totally. Uh, most of my trips now, I just land at the big city, the urban city, or the capital, and um, have my driver and guy take me out. And I only spend maybe one full day in the cities. And this is really fascinating going to a museum and driving around and getting a feel. And, and you, as you said, you need to see the urban or the famous things in the urban areas. Mm-hmm. But one way to get over a fear of doing something is, and I don't do it for that reason, but it's a good reason for everybody else, is to have a, go through a tour operator and have a private driver and a private guide. Or you can go with an escorted tour with 20, 30 people or whatever. Yeah, that might be and good to gradually get into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've discovered with Travel Advice, a company that I own, Mm-hmm. That about fifty percent of the people cannot stand escorted tours. I am one of them. Yeah, I not... will not do it unless there's another option, like North Korea. And oh, my right. wife uh, liked it both ways. That she preferred escorted tours because she liked to talk to all those people oh. and get to know them. And uh, it's nice to meet them and know them. And I met wonderful people on the twelve passengers on North Korea. I mean, super well traveled, very educated, and I had a wonderful time with them. But uh, and if I were doing Europe with an escorted tour with 35, 40 people, <laughs> Make it go crazy. I, I would leave. <laughs> I would have to leave after a few days. I just couldn't do it. You're like, see you later. I'm, I'm going to take a train somewhere else here. Well, I either rent a car or take a train or get on a plane and fly to another continent. I, mean, I just <laughs> have to get away. Get away. And, um, I know. I, I'm not a big ass. I, I like it maybe once in a while. You know what I mean? Maybe in circumstances. But, yeah, I, n- nowadays I'm kind of... Like to like to be on my own a bit, yeah. More. Yeah, the more you travel, and the more brave you become, I guess, or the more efficient yeah. you become, uh, you start to know what you like, what you want to do personally, and uh, what you. I mean, shopping is one of the worst things I could ever do. I don't even shop for food. My since my wife died, my refrigerator is literally empty before I go down and buy any food. I'd rather go to a restaurant than have to cook or. Figure out what I want to buy. 
But you have to have some staples. I, when they run out, I after every two or three weeks, I'll run down to the store and buy something. Right. But um, with a, a private driver and guide, you can do exactly what you want to do when you know what you want to do and um, and what you, you're interested in your life. Or I like the weird places. I like going out where nobody ever goes, and um, and and we do that that way. Mm-hmm. So um, I find that um, um, if you do travel with somebody, um, it's well. First of all, I think we mentioned on another show that I never travel with three people. I mean, I never go with three people. Oh, with three people, people plus me, I oh, never okay. do it. I have done it a couple of times, and I regretted it because it always seems that two people, you know, it changes. Like two of you will get together, and one will be alone, sort of, or not be as inter- not involved in the conversation. Yeah. Or yeah. you can never really decide what to do. The only time I travel with three is when we do our whitewater kayaking trips. Um, we may have to fly somewhere or drive a long ways away, and Three of us will go and do it, and I can do it with three people on whitewater kayaking because, I mean, you don't separate because you've got to be by each other in case one wipes out, and uh, they got to save you. Oh, they help them, right. So, and you're saving them, and they're saving you if something happens. So it's camaraderie, and it works well. But just to travel around, I won't do it anymore. Um, in fact, um, I have said no just unequivocally no, I won't go. And they think I'm rude and mean and stuck up. But I just don't want to waste my money, waste my time, waste my vacation time, and have the possibility. Even though we're fabulous friends, I won't travel with more than one person. I will go with four people going. Uh, That seems to work okay. But three, no. Except uh, my friend and his wife. It's so much fun to watch her and her experiences are totally different from what she's used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fine um, doing it with her. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, I, and I don't care. They have their room and I have my room. And then we go together and he and I, sometimes she wants to shop. We were in Honolulu last year. She's, last trip, we, um, I said, where do you want to go? And she said, finally, after coaxing. I said, you know, I didn't say it this way, but I said, I'm tired of, choosing where you go. Surely there's somewhere you want to go in the world. She said, I've always wanted to see Waikiki and Diamond Head. Said, okay, so off we go. And we spent four and a half days in Waikiki. And um, fortunately, she loves the shop. So one full day, uh, he and I left the hotel, walked up, climbed Diamond Head, walked back. Took quite a few hours, maybe four hours, round trip, something like that. And um, she just shopped. She never even knew we were gone. <laughs> Came back and we went with hand-carried luggage, and we went home with two checked pieces of luggage that she had to buy. Jeez. She bought so much stuff over there. She had to buy two suitcases to haul it back. So that was unhappy for my friend and me because we just like to take hand-carry and just run off the plane and leave. But we had to wait for the luggage and all that. But we didn't complain because yeah. she was a happy camper. I, I so, think, yeah, I think you made a good point, Jerry. That, that you made a real good point that um, you know I, I think you got to learn what you like and what you dislike, and and you know it's going to take time when you travel, but you don't like traveling with three people, or you know 
But I, I think eventually, like, once you have these experiences and, and try not to do them um, if you can and, and be, you know, because you don't want to waste your time, your vacation time. And, well, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And uh, that's why much of the time, not so much now since I found my friend and we travel exactly the same way. That's great. We both wake up, up about 3.30 or 4. Really? You wake up that early? Yeah, oh, yeah, great. everywhere oh, in the world. Wow. And with the exception of North Korea where we couldn't, we're out on the street. Walking, uh, watching the people, the city, the, ca- That's the town, or whatever, come Wake alive. Up. Yeah, come alive. The, uh, people walking oh, out to great. their fields or herding their goats or whatever. That's a great and idea. It's wonderful to watch them uh, come out. Yeah. Watch the little market set up. Right. Yeah, we right. wander around for several hours. That's like, great. As I mentioned in Tehran, I mean, we were out until about one o'clock in the morning, and not laughing and partying and having a great time, and we were up by. 334 watching the city wake up. Oh, my gosh. And we do that all over the world. And um, even in places that are not, quote, unquote, safe, uh, mm-hmm. we find it. we've had great luck with that. We've never been killed or anything like that yet. Yeah. And, and, um, and you have the adrenaline, too. I think that's why you wake up so early, because you really want to get out there and see everything. Well, you know? that's part of it. Yeah. But we naturally wake up. I'm always awake by 4 o'clock. Wow. And he is always awake by 4 Oh, geez, you and, guys are um, animals. <laughs> in our normal life. Yeah. And But it is the adrenaline. I mean, why waste time sleeping? You can sleep on the plane going back. <laughs> right. well, we did the Australia-New Zealand trip together uh, about two years ago, 22 months ago. Um, it was such an exhausting trip that the entire flight from Melbourne to uh, Los Angeles, I mean, the plane took off, down go our seats, and... Uh, you guys we slept, uh, I think it was 14 hours, something like that. We slept 12 and a half of those hours. Oh, that's great, yeah. The flight, we never had the dinner. We never, we, they woke us up for breakfast. And uh, changing into our, um, from our pajamas, into our real clothes and shaving. And then we were in L.A. Wow. And coming back from um, Dubai one time to Atlanta. Um, that trip was terribly exhausting. Physically, we didn't know it at the time, but we both got on um, the flight, and um, all I remember is putting the seat back, and the flight attendant woke me up. The 14-hour flight woke me up and him up about 45 minutes before he got to Atlanta and said, "Do you want any breakfast?" Oh my God, you landing, and um, so we naturally wake up early. And his wife doesn't. She sleeps nine hours a night, no matter what happens. So we leave her in bed, and off we go. Yeah. Come back, and she's up, and she knows to meet us at such and such, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock for breakfast. Yep. Yeah. So That's... once you understand how you travel. Yeah. And um, traveling yeah. by yourself, we've had a couple of shows on women traveling by themselves. Right. And mm-hmm. the concept of traveling by yourself. Mm-hmm. But I don't recommend... Unless you're really adventurous, your first trip that you just head out, like head over to Europe and get a Euro pass, for example, and just do <laughs> yeah. it. I don't recommend that to most people. Yeah. Uh, because Gradually get into you it. need to know a little about um, when to change money, uh, what you can and cannot eat. Um, you need to know more about um, how to travel. I mean, for example, the Euro pass is wonderful if you're just going to the cities. But what happens if you want to go out in, in the, the countryside? Country. Yeah, yeah. And spend time like you and I like to do. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you either have to rent a car or take a taxi. Because, or you can take a smaller train out there, but what, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, you're like kind you of want st- to go to Stonehenge, um, it's almost, very difficult to go there by yourself without taking a whole day to get out there and back and doing yeah. quite a bit of walking That's or taking a taxi somewhere. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah. I always have private driving guide now and have for the last, oh, 35 years. Yeah. And... Um, if you could do it, it's, it's worth it, yeah. Well, it saves so much time. Yeah, it takes, yeah. Yeah, and with escorted tours, they seem to spend time shopping, which I would rather die, and so I'm wasting my time. Yeah. And I can just run around. I know uh, my friend has to buy a T-shirt for his two teenage kids wherever we go, and um, so our driver takes us to the best place to buy the local T-shirt, well, tourist T-shirts, like I Love New York or something like that. Like, I'm here in... um, Senegal or something like that, and um, we buy those, and we're in, we're in and out, in and out within half an hour, and we don't waste any time buying things we don't want to buy. So, you know, traveling is exciting. It changes your life totally, and um, you definitely get out of your comfort zone. Um, you never are the same again. And with travel advice, we do recommend people traveling their first time particularly if they want to go someplace other than like normal European countries, we say, are you sure you want to go? Because you're going to come back a changed person. You will be a different person. And um, you'll never, ever see life the same way. And if you are very content with your life, don't go. Right. Although I would never, never, never not go because nobody should stay the same. And so that's... That's great. Yeah. That's my philosophy on travel and the way I travel. Yeah. And Chris, I know we travel very much the same. Yeah, I think we do. And uh, I know your wife is totally different than we are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. She, uh, your wife is more like my wife. I think so, That's why yeah, I, 90% of the 32 and a half years that we were married before she died, um, we took separate trips. Yeah. We learned yeah. on our honeymoon that we did not travel well together. In <laughs> fact, we threatened annulment of our marriage on our honeymoon. He said, this isn't going to work. And um, we fought so much on our honeymoon, uh, not this fight, but she said, I want to go shopping for a few hours. And I said, okay, you go shopping. Well, we're on our honeymoon. You should come with me. And I said, I'd rather die. <laughs> yeah. and so I would go, me but too. I'd be miserable, and she would be quite as excited because she knew I was miserable. Right, right. So I, I finally just said, you know, let's just grow up. We're 32 years old. You take your trips with your girlfriends and do what you want. I'll take my trips and do what I want. And once or twice a year, we'll take a trip together. And we did at least one cruise together because she worshipped cruises. And uh, she went on way more than 100 in those 32 years. And I went on probably 33 with her. And uh, But they were adventure, more unique trips. I mean, cruising in the Caribbean, I'd rather slip my wrist. But we would do like the Norwegian coast or right. the rivers like the Nile or the Yangtze or different other river that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. That's great, Jerry. Yeah, what was that's awesome. I, I hope people gained a lot of good knowledge, you know, just about uh, on getting over your fears with traveling and getting to know who you are uh, on uh, how you travel and, and what you like and um what, what the, yeah, and yeah, uh, please keep the emails coming. Yeah, um, yeah. We will do um, other shows on the topics that you would like us to do. 
Yeah. And um, we hope you gain information from the shows and, and enjoy them. Thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, and, and thanks, Jerry, for another great show, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Okay. Okay.